0: Did you know that the creation of IV immunoglobulins, IVIG, was a result of several notable discoveries, one of which being the invention of plasma fractionation? This technique was created by Dr. Cohn, a biochemist and protein scientist during World War II. Dr. Cohn contributed to the isolation of albumin, which went on to be used in resuscitative measures in the combat victims. This ultimately paved the way for the first generation of IVIG treatment, which we will learn is essential to the treatment of hypogamma globulinemia. Today, our patient has hypogamma globulinemia, and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast written by medical residents, meant to serve you better on the words and on call. Today's episode is titled, Into the Bubble approach to hypogamma globulinemia. Time for a minute physiology. The immune system is a complex network of specialized cells that have important roles in defending against infections. It can be divided into the innate versus the adaptive immune system. Innate immunity is the body's natural and primitive immune response to an infection, while the adaptive immunity is highly specific with immunologic memory, which improves with repeat exposure to an infection. The innate immune system is comprised of inflammatory mediators, eosinophils, basophils, and mast cells, phagocytic cells, macrophages, neutrophils, and monocytes, and the natural killer cells. Adaptive immunity consists of B cells and T cells. These cells are all derived from the pluripotent stem cells in the bone marrow and fetal liver. They will mature at different times and at different sites. In the innate immune system, they will migrate to the extracellular matrix to develop while the adaptive immune cells complete maturation in the bone marrow and thymus gland. An important role of the adaptive immune system is the production of immunoglobulins, also known as antibodies. These cell surface receptors will bind to pathogens to initiate a signaling cascade as part of the immune response. In hypogammaglobulinemia, the total number of immunoglobulins are reduced secondary to either decreased production, increased secretion, or increased sequestration. These immunoglobulins are produced by both B cells and plasma cells, which is a fully differentiated B cell that produces only specific types of antibodies as part of the adaptive immune system. Before we begin our approach to hypogammaglobulinemia, We should start off with understanding the classification of hypogammaglobulinemia, which can be subdivided into primary and secondary causes. In the adult population, secondary hypogammaglobulinemia is a lot more common than primary hypogammaglobulinemia. With that in mind, we will be focusing on a general approach to hypogammaglobulinemia. When meeting a patient for the first time, it is always important to ensure that they are vitally stable by inspecting their general appearance and ABCs. Once we have established these parameters, we will move on to the focused history. Primary anemia is a result of innate inborn error of immunity, which can present with recurrent, severe, chronic, or atypical presentations. We should suspect a possible primary immunodeficiency If the patient presents with two or more of the following signs, adapted from immunodeficiency.ca. 1. Two or more ear infections within one year. 2. Two or more sinus infections within one year in the absence of allergy. 3. One pneumonia per year for more than one year. 4. Chronic diarrhea with weight loss. 5. Recurrent viral infections. For example, colds, herpes, wart, and condyloma. 6. Recurrent need for intravenous antibiotics to clear infections. 7. Recurrent deep abscess of the skin or internal organs. 8. Persistent thrust or fungal infection on skin or elsewhere. And almost done here. 9. Infection with normal harmless tuberculosis like bacteria. And finally, 10. A family history of primary immunodeficiency. part of the initial workup, we should also rule out secondary causes of hypogammaglobulinemia. This would include a thorough review of the medications the patient is currently prescribed. Common medications such as DMARDs, cytotoxic drugs, antimalarial, immunosuppressive drugs such as rituximab, and antiepileptics are known drugs to cause hypogammaglobulinemia. Hematologic malignancies like CLL, multiple myeloma, or lymphoma can also cause secondary hypogammaglobulinemia. So don't forget to assess for B symptoms. CMV, EBV, HIV, rubella, and congenital toxoplasma gondii are infections that can contribute to secondary hypogammaglobulinemia. Therefore, a review of systems to ensure no infectious symptoms are present is important. Patients with severe burns, nephrotic syndrome, and malnutrition can also present as secondary hy- hypogammaglobulinemia. Lastly, a thorough review of past medical history, including vaccination history and family history, is important. Cosaniguity is an important history to elicit, as this significantly increases the risk of primary immunodeficiency. In terms of physical exam, a thorough and comprehensive physical exam is important, Start with general inspection to assess for any dysmorphic features, skin eruptions, and pallor, followed by a head and neck exam to assess for the presence or absence of tonsillar tissue and lymphadenopathy. Then, a full cardiac and respiratory assessment, as well as an abdominal exam to rule out hepatosplenomegaly. In terms of important blood work, given how broad the differential for hypogammaglobulinemia globulinemia remains, we would recommend ordering IgM IgG and IgA with flow cytometry to look at T, B, and NK cells. Then, for secondary causes, we would recommend ordering an albumin and urinalysis to ensure that a protein-losing state is not the underlying etiology for hypogammaglobulinemia. As for infectious etiologies, consider ordering HIV serology, CMV IgG, and EBV IgG. To rule out malignancy, order a CBC, serum-free light chains, and serum protein electrophoresis. Lastly, some primary immunodeficiencies may be associated with autoimmune conditions, so consider ordering anti-CCP, anti-double-stranded DNA, rheumatoid factor, and ANA if clinically indicated. If a primary immunodeficiency is suspected and an infection is present, treating the underlying infection and a prompt referral to the clinical immunologist would be recommended. This would initiate further evaluations and subsequent consideration of immunoglobulin replacement. In terms of secondary hypogammaglobulinemia, if the cause is due to medications, then stopping the offending medication should be considered. If that is not possible, then an alternative medication should be considered. If malignancy is discovered, referral to the appropriate subspecialists, hematologist versus medical onco- oncology, etc., should be sent immediately for further assessment. As for infectious etiology, depending on the presentation, a referral to infectious disease may be warranted, otherwise treated accordingly. If an autoimmune condition is detected, consider referring to rheumatology and or gastroenterology. Lastly, for protein-losing states, treat underlying cause and refer to the necessary subspecialist. The movie Bubble Boy was inspired by David Vedder, who was an American boy diagnosed with severe combined immunodeficiency, SCID, a type of primary immunodeficiency. He died from SCID at the age of 12. Thank you for listening to today's episode entitled Into the Bubble, Approach to Hypogamma Globulinemia. This episode was written by Dr. Vivian Sito, Internal Medicine Resident, and reviewed by Dr. Rongbo Zhu, Clinical Allergy and Immunology, and Dr. Marco Marcobrada, General Internal Medicine. The Internet series was created by Allison Lai and developed by Zara Morali and Leah Karanopoulos. This podcast was produced and recorded by Zara Morali. Music production by Laxman Zvantha Mohan. Please check out our website for an associated infographic, theinternetwork.ca. Please like and subscribe at wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon.